Well, as I said, we're going to be reading from Luke 6, 38 through 48. We're in the midst of a study of, of Luke, and particularly we're looking at the Sermon on the Plain, that is so-called. This is about the third week, I think, we've been in the Sermon on the Plain where Jesus has come down from the mountain to a, to a flat place, and there's a crowd gathered around him, and, he, and we've been looking at what he's been teaching in this section. And we come today to a, a very vivid section where Jesus uses a lot of word pictures to illustrate what he's saying to us, a lot about discipleship here this morning. So let us read God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out that speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, do not, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word to us this morning. Well, it is officially summer, sorry, it is officially summer, for another six weeks, but who are we kidding? We get at least another month added onto that uh, of this summer heat, the summer weather after that. And even though it is uh, summer still, uh, officially, it is, it is not summer vacation anymore because school is in session for at least our elementary and high school students and our college students will be beginning in the next week or two. So it is fitting, therefore, for us here at church to take an examination this morning. Jesus is giving us an exam in these words that, he is, that, are, that are before us today, that he is preaching to us this morning. As we look at this section of Luke that records Jesus' preaching and teaching, we are challenged by Jesus to examine some things about our lives. No one likes to take tests because it's challenging, it's difficult, and uncomfortable. And the examination that Jesus calls us to this morning is, is no different than that. Now, the test we took in school had some importance to our lives, perhaps some tests more than others. Uh, you, know, you think about spelling tests that you took in elementary school. Well, they're probably not as important as the bar exam if you're a lawyer or your medical boards if you're a nurse or a doctor or teacher certification tests or CPA exams or any of those professional licensing examinations that that people take in their fields of expertise. Those are much more important. 
Well, the tests that are before us this morning are of utmost importance. The tests that Jesus gives us here have eternal consequences. The most important issues of our lives are addressed here by Jesus. Well, before we look at what Jesus says and break this down, let's think about who Jesus is. Because if he's the one who's speaking to us and he's the one who is challenging us to examine ourselves, we need to understand clearly who he is and what his intentions are for us. Why should we trust him? Why should we listen to his word? If someone criticizes you and they don't like you very much, you know that their motivation for their criticism is nefarious. It's they, they, they want to tear you down. They, they don't have your best interest at heart. But if someone loves you and they challenge you on something, perhaps your bad behavior, and they really love and, and respect you and they have your best interest at heart, well, you should listen to that person. Perhaps they're telling you something that you need to hear. It might be uncomfortable, but if you hear it and take it to heart, perhaps you could change for the better. Maybe they see things that you can't see. Which one is Jesus for us? Well, because of who he is, because of his intentions for us, I think we can trust his word. Jesus, the Bible tells us, is the Son of God. He is God and man. He is God of the substance of the Father, begotten before the worlds, and he is man of the substance of his mother, born in the world, perfect God and perfect man. That's from the Athanasian Creed. Um, He is the agent of creation. John 1 tells us. He spoke all things into existence, God's word, and he is called the Logos, the divine word. All things were created through him, and there is nothing that was made without him. He is very God of very God. And he took on human flesh in order to come and lay down his life, to sacrifice himself in our place for our sins. And he died on the cross, and he bore the punishment that we deserved on the cross. He loves us so much. And he was buried, but he rose again, and he's alive, and he's coming back again, and as we say in the creed, to judge the living and the dead. So number one, we should listen to Jesus because, A, he's the agent of our creation. Psalmist says that before before we were born, we were knit together in, a, you know, God knit us together in our mother's womb. So you think about an engineer who, you know, creates an engine. Now there's nobody on the face of the earth that's going to know more about that engine than the engineer who created it. Well, no one knows more about you than Jesus. He knows you intimately. And by the by the uh, examination of his life and his death and his resurrection, you can see that he loves us. He would go to such great lengths for us. No greater love has any man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And that's what Jesus did. So why should we listen to Jesus? Well, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he loves us more than we could ever dream or imagine. And he's demonstrated that by dying for us. So let's look at now... 
Having that in mind, what is Jesus saying to us? What is he saying, asking us to think about today? Well, first he wants us to examine our influences. There's three things here, examining our influences, examining our behavior, and examining our loyalty in these word pictures that we get here. And the first thing, he, he, uh, he paints a picture of a blind man leading a blind man. Well, this is, uh, this is a tragic picture, isn't it? I mean, if you saw a blind man leading a blind man, that would be very sad. There's nothing funny about that. It's, uh, it's, it would be tragic. It's gonna, they're going to end up in danger. As Jesus says, they'll end up in the ditch. But it's absurd, isn't it? It's absurd for a blind man to lead another blind man around. That's the picture that Jesus is painting. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. What Jesus is saying here is, every human being is an interpreter. We're always, as human beings, we're always looking at the world around us, we're looking at ourselves, and we're trying to make sense out of it. We're organizing, interpreting, explaining to ourselves what's going on inside us and around us. We all think, though some people do it better than others. We do not live life based on the bare facts of our existence. We live our lives according to our interpretation of the facts. What do we think about what's going on around us? How do we understand the world around us? How do we make sense out of the world around us? We're always doing so. We're always seeking to do so. We can't turn it off. It's part of our makeup. It's the way that God made us. It separates us from the animals. And the way that we look at the world, the way that we think about things in the world, is called our worldview. Now, the question Jesus is really getting at here is, who informs your worldview? Who are you listening to? Who, who is... Who, are, who influences you in the way that you think about things? We all have influences in our lives throughout our entire lives. Who are your influences? Are they blind? Because if they're leading you and they're blind, they don't really have the truth, then they're going to lead you astray. That's the picture that Jesus is painting here. Who informs your worldview? I'm going to ask this question several ways. To whom do you look and listen for information on understanding your world? Who is your life teacher? Who has influenced your thinking in the past? And who influences your thinking today? And why do you think the way that you do about things? Well, the answer to that question is probably multiple. There's multiple layers to that. Who are our influences? Initially, it's probably more than anybody, our parents, guardians, grandparents, people who raised us, our families, people we were around in our formative years. They influenced us. We think the way that our parents do generally. Or we go the opposite direction and we try to be completely different than our parents if we, if we didn't like the way our parents raised us. But they had an influence one way or the other, right? And then there are others. There are teachers in our lives. You know, you think of that favorite teacher you had in elementary school and the, maybe because you love her so much because or him so much because they influenced you they had a great impact on your life teachers pastors and other religious leaders have impact on our lives 
And then we could branch out. The media, and we don't even realize how much, how much the media has influence upon us. The things that we take in from television and social media and the radio, all these things giving us messages about how we should interpret the world around us. So we've got all these voices coming at us, informing us, trying to influence us. Which voices are you listening to? And that's the question that Jesus is asking. It's very important to choose the right voices to listen to because you don't want to be one of the blind men being led by a blind man because you'll end up in a pit. So, first, Jesus wants us to examine our influences. It's very important. What we really need is a perfect, infallible guide, don't we? Wouldn't that be great to have a perfect, infallible guide that we could measure all of it? Because people are always talking to us, and we should listen to people. You know, there, we, the Bible tells us that we should have counselors. We should hear and, and receive the, the messages from, from our leaders and people. Um, that's not a bad thing, but we need some standard by which to judge all these messages and influences that we have. And wouldn't that be great to have one that is infallible? I'll leave it at that, and we'll come back to it in a moment. Well, secondly, Jesus asks us to examine our behavior. Uh, if you look here, he, he gets humorous now, um, gives us this picture. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that is in your own eye? I mean, if you think about that, you know, physically picture that. Here's somebody, you've got something in your eye, and another fellow comes along, and he's got a log hanging out of his eye. That's, a, that's crazy. That's a ridiculous picture that Jesus is painting here. And you're, you can't see because you got this log. I, I had a, we had a skit one time when I was doing youth work, and we were, a friend of mine, we were sitting there, and we had a bunch of, you know, twigs and sticks and logs, and we were talking about people and saying what they should do, you know, when, when, you know, for all these different scenarios. Well, Susie, she, you know, she shouldn't act that way, and, and we would hold the twig up, and then we would get worse and meaner and the, then the log would get bigger and bigger until we were holding up literally a, a fire log trying to tell somebody how to, they should live their lives to illustrate what Jesus is saying here. And it got a few laughs and made the point, as Jesus is doing here. In the day of Jesus, probably the most influential group that was around were the Pharisees. The Pharisees were very religious people uh, Jesus exposed them as hypocrites. That's what we often think about Pharisees. When, we, when, we, when you hear the word Pharisee, you immediately think hypocrite. But that wouldn't have been the case in Jesus' day. Uh, for the common people out there, they would have looked at these people as the very serious, serious students of God's Word. And they were very particular about putting things into practice just so. At least it looked that way on the outside. And that's the criticism Jesus had for them was, it looked okay on the outside, but on the inside, they were not so great. If you are following the Pharisees, they're always looking at everybody else and criticizing everything that they're doing. And if you're a disciple of those Pharisees, you're doing the same thing. And Jesus is saying, no, stop and look at yourself first. What are you like? As you think about your influences, 
from whom are you learning? You know, are, are you thinking about your own self or are you just thinking about others? And what you know and your... I mean, our world is full of people who, oh my goodness, don't judge them. You know, the favorite verse used to be John 3.16. Now it's judge not lest you be judged. But there's a whole lot of judging going on by all those people who say don't judge me, but they're judging you. So we are living in a very judgmental time. People are always judging one another. Well, Jesus is saying, who are you listening to? And by what standard are you looking at the world? When you need to stop, think about what they're saying to you and influencing you, and stop and look at yourself for a while. Think about yourself. What do you look like? What do you like? I had this experience yesterday. I was looking at Facebook, which I, that was a mistake. Um, always social media is just a disaster these days. But a friend of mine had posted something, and it was a political commentary, most about the, the rancor that's going on between different groups of people. Um, and then a guy that I don't know, a friend of his, chimed in, and, and, and he's obvious, I'm, I'm obviously on the more conservative side of things, and, but this guy was coming from a, a liberal position, and he was saying things that just were like a foreign language to me. And I was thinking, who, where did he get these ideas? Where did he get this understanding of the world? He, he viewed everything, the, it was like an alternate universe that he was talking about, completely different than the way I understand the world. And I thought about this sermon, and I thought about, well, wait a minute, you know, I need to look at, what do I think? Am I, is it just my influences that have caused me to think a certain way about the world? And he's obviously listening to a completely different voices than I'm listening to. And he's coming to all kinds of different conclusions about the world. I mean, completely polar opposite to what I would, the conclusions I would come to. But I think, think about this verse. You know, I need to look at my own eyes for a while. Why do I believe the things that I believe? Why do I react to the world the way that I react to the world? Why do I view things like I do? That's what Jesus is calling us to here. Why? He, he explains why that with another picture. This time he goes to the, to the fruit trees. Bad tree bears bad fruit. Good tree bears good fruit. You can't get good fruit from uh, brambles or thorn bushes. And the point is, the good person, now the good treasure of his heart produces good. As we think about who influences us, how do we know if the influence is good or not? Well, What's the fruit being produced? Jesus is challenging us to look at our lives. What do we look like? What does our lives look like? Why do our lives look the way that they do? It's because we're listening to different voices. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, God said some things to Adam and Eve. May gave them certain rules and commands, bless them in countless ways, living in paradise. you got this whole garden full of fruit, full of animals, beautiful, no thorns, no thistles, no sin, no death. One thing, don't eat of that tree, the knowledge of good and evil. You can have everything else, but that one thing, don't do that. Well, Satan comes along with his voice, 
And he begins to challenge what God has said. And so Adam and Eve have a choice. Which voice? Who's going to influence you? And they chose unwisely. They chose the wrong voice. They chose to listen to Satan. And the whole terrible history of our lives is a result of that initial sin. So, as we look at ourselves, we to think about what, what, what is the fruit? And then Jesus calls us, finally, to examine our loyalty. And these follow on one another very clearly. R.C. Sproul called this, these verses and their parallel in the Gospel of Matthew the scariest verses in all of Scripture. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? In the Matthew's version, he expands that a little bit more and he says, uh, you know, you'll say to me, well, didn't we prophesy and work miracles and do all these things in your name? And Jesus says, I will say to you, depart from me, I never knew you. So these people are prophesying, they're doing miracles, and they're calling Jesus Lord, but Jesus says, I don't even know who you are. When the Bible uses a term twice like that, Lord, Lord, uh, it's, a, it's what we call a Hebraism. It's a, a way of the Hebrews, the Jews, express something in their language. If they wanted to stress something, they repeated it twice. And, and if, it was, if they used it towards a person, repeating the name, it's a term of endearment. There are several examples I can give you. When David's son, Absalom, revolts against him and is trying to steal the kingdom away from David, well, there's a battle that goes on and Absalom is killed. And David is heartbroken and he cries out, Absalom, Absalom, my son Absalom. He's heartbroken, even though his son was trying to take his throne from him. And more importantly, Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Father, the first person of the Trinity and the second person of the Trinity, bound together in the Trinity, in that mysterious Trinity, for eternity. At this point, beyond our comprehension, as we sing, the Father turned his face away, and there's the wrath for sin. He became sin for us. Christ calls out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in here, Lord, Lord. These are people who call Jesus Lord, and they, they are saying it as an expression of love. We love you, Lord. And the word Lord, that means master. And the implication is that we're his servants. And so the person who says, Lord, Lord, yet does not do what Jesus tells them. Well, that's a, they're not, that's, Jesus is not your Lord. If, if you're supposed to be a servant and you don't ever do anything that the Lord, your Lord, your master tells you to do, then you're not serving. You're not a servant. You're not, there's no fruit there. You're not doing anything. Just because we have the outward trappings, and that was the Pharisees. They looked good on the outside. They said the right things. But Jesus said, inside you're full of dead men's bones. And that's what Jesus is getting, here, getting at here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them 
I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Now this takes us back to the beginning. Who influences us? Who are we listening to? Who is our teacher? And we need one like Jesus, right? We need one who, is, who knows us better than we know ourselves, and we need one who loves us more than we could ever imagine. And if we want Jesus as our master and our Lord, we, we know it, we, he has our best interest at heart. He loves us. And if we ignore what he says, then we have no foundation. We'll be wiped away. If we're listening to the voices of our culture, we're listening to false voices that, that are just blind people leading us into the pit, well, our lives are going to be destroyed. Jesus loves us so much, he's asking us to think about these things. Who's your influence? Listen to me. I have your best interests at heart. I know you better than you know yourselves. Listen, to, come to me, hear my word, and do them. Put them into practice. Jesus said, uh, come all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You know, yoke is for oxen, to pull the plow. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke, my burden is, e my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He doesn't want to weigh you down. He doesn't want to stifle you out. He wants you to flourish. He, he wants you to have the most blessed life that you can have. He wants to shower you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. When Jesus was at the wedding at Cana, his first miracle, Mary gave some good advice to the people there when they ran out of wine. They said, she said to Jesus, you know, and they came to Jesus, and she said, listen to him. Listen to him. And when they obeyed what Jesus said to do, they had wine overflowing. They had all those blessings coming to them. Same is true for us. I want to encourage you with that today. Where are you? Where are you with the Lord? Are you listening to him? Are you obeying him? Are you putting these things into practice? Do. Come to him. He's got your best interest at heart. He knows better than anybody else what you need in your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that it brings to us. We pray, Lord, that you would help us this week. As we enter a new week, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to measure all the voices that come at us by the standard of your word. We pray, Lord, that that we would measure everything by the standard of you being our Lord and we need to serve you in all things and that is the truly blessed life. Lord, we pray that everybody here would come to you. Help us, Lord, to turn from our sins and our own rebellion against you and to submit to you, to be your servants. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.